welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Oh, am I delighted to be with you here today for this episode because with me is my dear friend, soul brother, client, amazing human being, soul archaeologist, Ken W. Stone. And Ken is actually the author of a forthcoming book called Resonance. The Path of Spiritual Mastery. And Ken and I, our journeys crossed back in 2011, believe it or not, because my husband had a kidney stone. (laughs) Um, That's how my husband's kidney stone connect with me to Ken's stone. So figure that one out. But anyway, Ken, I am just so happy that you're here today. Thank you so much. Oh, it's an honor to be with you as always, Christine. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and I feel like there's a million and one different directions that we could go because <laughs> yes. there's the uniqueness of, you know, how we actually cross each other's paths. And here we are, you know, almost a decade later, yeah. you know, continuing on this amazing journey as, you know, soul travelers, if you will. But uh, we've only got about a half hour today for the episode. Right. So uh, where I'd like to start is where I start with most of my guests. And that is like, when and how did this inkling to write a book first come to you? How did, how did that desire or that nudge or what two by four, whatever, however it was, would you share a little bit about that, that journey? Yeah, it was um, it was a gentle two by four uh, wielded by a good friend of mine named Christine Closer, actually. <laughs> uh, always a gentle two by. I will I'll bring out the two by four when needed, but always wrapped in a lot of gentleness and love. Oh, always. You know, the way I remember it, it was January of 2012, and you just asked me, you know, have you considered writing, and I didn't think of myself as a writer at all. And as with many good ideas that I've heard over the years, not just from you, but from many people, I resisted. (laughs) And then it was probably within 60 days of when you made that suggestion that I was at a retreat with you. And I had a really clear divine download. And the download was really disturbing to me. It was, your writing is more important than any session you'll ever facilitate or any class you'll ever teach. And I wrote it down, you know, dutifully in my journal and then promptly ignored it for <laughs> for a long time. I love your level of honesty, Ken, really. It's so refreshing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I know no other way, as you know. So, you know, I did start writing in 2012, but I would say that I didn't really honor that guidance until 2018. And, you know, the book had been through several evolutions at that point, but it just became clear to me that my focus for 2018 was going to be writing the book or finishing it. And that was actually another bit of hard guidance to hear. That again was a divine download, and and uh, 
I guess we could talk more about it, but that was the beginning. I'm sort of getting <laughs> getting carried away in the memory of all of this and appreciating each little step along the way. But the short answer is it it was a suggestion you made and then some divine guidance and then a long pause before I really took it seriously. <laughs> You know, sometimes I say, Ken, like, you know, I might be slow and, and I, and I am like, I am slow sometimes to get things, but once I get it, I got it. And it almost sounds like that's a little bit of what happened for you. Like you're a little slow on the uptake, maybe a little resistant to what was, you know, what was wanting to happen. And then boom, like everything changed when you realized really deeply how important that writing really was for you. And not just for the book, but for your own, for your own soul, for your own, you know, fulfillment of purpose in the world. So can you talk, cause you like, and then, you know, in 2018, <laughs> can you talk about what happened in 2018 that had it go from way on the back burner, you know, when a journal closed away somewhere that you might not have looked at for years to going on the front burner and really becoming a huge priority in your life? What was that process? Well, I mean, some of that, probably a large part of that process was in those years between, you know, I think one of the ways that I learn slowly is through the, the experience of the things that I'm not being called to do or to exploring things that I think are more important, let's say, than what I'm being called to do. And ultimately, that led me to the doorstep of 2018, you know, having taught the class that the book eventually became the expression of, I guess, live maybe three times. And each time I taught it, it just took me in deeper and deeper. And that was a really beautiful experience. But I felt like I was really being called to a deeper level of intimacy with God, a deeper level of surrender. And, you know, as with so many other things in my journey, it was a download. And it was, I guess I sort of hear things at different levels. Sometimes God whispers, sometimes God yells, sometimes I get commandments. <laughs> and the commandments are really hard for me to hear because they don't leave any wiggle room. You know, I, I know that it's what I have to do. And this commandment was, cancel all business making activities for 2018, which were already scheduled and, you know, on affiliate partner calendars and blah, 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 you know, all of that stuff, cancel everything for 2018 and finish your book. And I thought, what? <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why? Why? And it was, there was no answer. It was just do this thing. And it just brought me back into contact with the reason I think that I resisted it for all those years, which just had to do with this sense of, I don't know how to really describe it, except as a, a loss of control around the ways that the divine was communicating through me and to me. I have this sense that when I was writing it was the most intimate space that I could encounter God in. And that scared the heck out of me because in that context, there was no confusing things. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't teaching a class for other people. No one else was involved. It was just me. 
Mm. It was a dialogue that I was having with the divine and that was it. I mean, I got really clear back in 2012 when I submitted your contest that year and I thought, oh my gosh, it's sort of embarrassing now, but I thought, oh, of course I'm going to win this, you know, and, and then I didn't win it. And it was so perfect just to let all the air out of my separate ego and just really confront my greatest fear. And my greatest fear at the time was what if no one reads my book? And um, can you pause right yes, there just a moment? Yes, yes. Because I know you're not the only one. I oh, know no. there are people, maybe you listening right now who are like, oh my gosh, like maybe you haven't spoken that fear out loud to anyone. But as you hear Ken say it, there's a part of you that resonates with, oh my gosh, I have that fear too. What if no one reads it? So I just want you, as you're listening, to acknowledge that that fear may be there and you're certainly not the only one that has that thought. When you really look at moving forward and really writing the real book that you're meant to write, it can be scary as all get out. And the most profound, transformational, life-changing, amazing healing, inspiring, impactful, profitable thing you've ever done. So let's go back to that moment, Ken, where <laughs> yes. you said that. <laughs> yeah. And then you said until, I think was your next word. You know, I, I don't know where until was headed, but I, <laughs> uh, oh, I know what until was until I realized that the book wasn't being written for anyone else. It was being written for me. Mm. So that was a point of liberation and integration for me in 2012 that I then got to pick up in 2018. And of course, there's, you know, there's all this integration and embodiment work around the year is, is for me and God and no one else. And, you know, I mean, it just it brought up all sorts of things inevitably, of course. But once I started, and, and then probably the first five months of the year were kind of fidgeting around, you know, sort of struggling to really be present with it and so on. And around about May, I had this, you know, epiphany memory. Oh yeah, writing is more important than anything else. And what do I know about doing the most important thing? I have to do it first in the day. And it was that moment when I started blocking seven days a week, 365 days a year writing. And I mean, yeah, I was working on a book, but it's continued and I think it's going to continue for the rest of my life until the day I die. So every morning I wake up and I began that in May of 2018 and I would write for two or three hours before I did anything else. No, no business activity, no anything. It was just all about starting the day writing and something extraordinary came out. It wasn't just the you know, the transcript of classes I taught or even, I mean, yes, the themes were there, but there was just such a richness and depth to the exploration that was taking place. And it was everything I was afraid it would be and much more, but it wasn't a fearful experience. It was extraordinary. It just, it was um, the deepest spiritual experience every day, again and again and again. And it continues to be that for me. It's just really an incredible gift that I didn't realize was there. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing that I want to just draw attention to right now is so many people, I think when they sit down to write, 
there's this part of them that feels like, you know, there's so many other things I could be doing. There's a long list. There's dirty dishes in the in the sink. There's that client email that needs to be re- responded to. There's a thing your kid needs or your spouse needs or your parent or, you know, whoever needs. And the level of, of commitment to self, I think what you're talking about here, Ken, is that when you did that, you realized that you gained so much more than you sacrificed by making this commitment to writing on a daily basis. Would you say that that's true? Does that resonate? It's so spot on. I would call it an under-exaggeration of epic proportions, <laughs> just, to be, <laughs> just to be funny about it. I mean, it's before I made this commitment, I felt overwhelmed with a list of to-dos for my business and so on and life. And the minute I made the commitment, it's as if time became, the illusion of time just disappeared. It, it was it was like I was living a miracle every moment of the day, but I wasn't measuring the moments anymore. It was living from a completely different perspective. And I mean, it's not like it was just one decision. It's a decision that gets made over and over again. And then, you know, there's a day when you don't make the decision and then, and then you realize, oh my gosh, it takes me three days to get back into the groove for where I was. And I, you know, that's not a, I want to make the commitment every day and, and so on and so forth. But yes, it just opened up and continues to open up a reminder of how, what is actually real is so unconventional. <laughs> so it just doesn't fit with the way that we understand the world or the the norms or the rules that we've lived our lives according to. It's so different than that. Well, I think just in general, I feel like every one of you who feels like writing is taking something, taking you away from something else, like just, I just want you to really take in what Ken said, that it gives in such profound um, returns over anything that you might quote unquote sacrifice or give up in order to make that commitment to writing. And I hope that just hearing Ken say that leads some of you, you know, right now listening to be like, oh my God, like just desiring. I feel like some of you right now are having this real sense of desire. Like, I want that. Like that, you know, scene and when Harry met Sally, like I'll have what she's having. I feel like some of you right now are thinking it's all like, I'll have what Ken's having because you hear him talk about this writing, like it has changed him. I mean, it really has changed him. Um, And now he's got a book with a literary agent that's being shopped around to publishers. So, you know, it's obviously paid off materially as well as personally and spiritually for you as well, Ken. Anything else you want to add to that before we kind of shift gears a little bit? Well, I think the thing that I would just say is that the agenda, if you want to call it that, has been to be present with what's coming up. And some days that's meant journaling whatever the noise is. You know, let's say I wake up and I'm frustrated or upset or sad about something and I don't ever want to be writing or transcribing God's whispers or yells or whatever into the book or into any deeper transmission like that from a place of anything other than deeply embodied resonance. And so anytime there was something in the way or there is something that's, you know, 
creating a, a more of an urgency, I attend to it, even if it feels like it's getting in the way of, you know, some deadline I set for myself or whatever, it doesn't matter. And what I've learned over time is that those apparent detours take me even deeper into whatever it is that I'm receiving during the embodied resonant writing time or transcription time, however I want to, you know, however we want to think about that, even though that even isn't obvious. So it's not just the setting aside the time, it's the being with whatever's coming up and giving it my full attention and presence, even if it doesn't appear to be the honoring of, you know, let's say the call to be transcribing or sitting in deep intimacy with God. Sometimes it's sitting in deep intimacy with some some part of my separate self that's having a temper tantrum about something that is <laughs> highly inconvenient, you know, from that perspective. So, oh my gosh, I love it. And I just, I want to rewind for a moment because you, you, you've mentioned this term embodied resonance. And I don't know that everyone listening is completely tuned in and connected and aware of really what that is. So would you speak a little bit about what Im- embodied resonance is and how when one comes into this place of embodied resonance, it can impact the unfolding journey of writing their transformational mm. book? Yeah. Well, so embodied resonance is just, I guess it's my way of talking about, if we think about it mechanically, it's my way of talking about on one level, my embodied soul, that is to say my soul being fully in my human vessel, my body and home all the way into the hips. And by embodied resonance, I'm referring to the feeling, the visceral feeling of that experience I'm having with God, divinity, whatever name you want to put on it. And I actually feel it. It's a it's not just a an idea or an emotion. It's um, a buzzing and tingling throughout my entire being. And of course, there is a feeling. There's an emotional feeling and and you know a sense of flow that comes with that. That's quite extraordinary. And the way that I know I'm there is that it's not coming from me. It's not a function of a mantra or something that I'm doing to create it. It's just the wellspring of divine presence expressing in me, through me, as me. And so if people are familiar with the idea of channeling or something like that, it's, it's the, the space that opens that dynamic up. But if that sounds too exotic, then here's another way of thinking of it. It's just being completely present with all of who you really are. And in that space, what gets transmitted or transcribed, what's recorded, if air quotes, if I could put that around it, in the in the written word on the, in my case, I don't write with paper, I write electronically, but what gets recorded on the Word document is imbued with a much deeper transmission of divine presence as me, as my message, as my gifts. But they're not the separate me. It's God expressing through me. It's the same thing that happens when I'm in transmission or teaching or doing a healing session or whatever, except that now it's on the page 
And there's a link to my consciousness that is an open conduit through which the divine expresses in real time throughout all of time. So although the words look as though and appear to be fixed, what is moving through the words is much more substantial than just what might be conventionally referenced by that language, if that makes sense. It makes such complete sense. Like I'm just recalling an interview I actually held with Ariel Ford uh, way back, I think it was 2011, possibly for the first transformational experience that you right heard yeah. where, we, where we first connected. Yeah. And you know, even back then we had this conversation about the fact that there are words on the page, right? Black print, usually on white or cream background, but there's also this transmission, this energy, this resonance that the reader also receives that goes beyond what the words are saying on the page. And I just literally just yesterday had a conversation with a coaching client about this exact same thing, about the, the resonance, the energy that is fed. And I just, I, I love that you talked about that and talked a little bit more about what that, you know, embodied resonance is because if you as an author, as a writer, can get to that place where you're just in such a, a state of presence, as Ken says, you, like you, you will be amazed yourself at the words that land on your own page and the impact that those words have on you. And then you can understand like how this is going to have impact on all of your readers as well. It's just, it's really a magnificent thing. And you, hopefully you've read books. And when Re Ken's book, Resonance, comes out, The Path of Spiritual Mastery, when you read that, um, certainly you'll probably have that same sense of like, there's so much more here than just the words. So yes, you need to write the words in order to become an author, but it's not only the words. It's the, the state that you're in as they go on the page. So Thank you so much for clarifying that, Ken. Yeah, it feels like a big deal, you know. It uh, is a big deal. It, it really it, is a big deal. It it changes the, I, I'm not diminishing the importance of wordsmithing and all of that. I think anyone who writes, eventually we fall in love with the words and yes. they can have all, there's this whole thing that happens there. A love affair for some <laughs> indeed. <laughs> so maybe a love-hate relationship yeah, in some cases, right? <laughs> but, but at this deeper level, it's it's very, for me, it's very reassuring to know that that transmission exists in real time, even though the words have been committed. For one thing, you know, one of my resistances was, well, what if, what if my awareness shifts? What if I have more to say on this in the future? You know, why, why should I commit this now to the page? And then I, you know, I start thinking about all the ways that that's just, we're just not limited by that. The conventional causality goes out the window when we start really looking at the dynamic that we're talking about. And it, it creates a lot of freedom, I think, for certainly for me. And I think it does for, for every author, every spiritual messenger who is sharing uh, some deeper message, some deeper part of their soul or their purpose in what they're creating, not just in their writing, but in everything they're creating. Yes. Cause how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I am just feeling called to speak to our listeners for just a moment because I feel like if you are here listening to this episode, specifically this episode, and you're hearing Ken talk about what he's talking about, that there is absolutely 
something rich and juicy and powerful and transformational for you. And some of you, I think, may need to actually go back and listen to this episode again to truly just continue to open to what Ken is talking about here, because I know there are some in the audience right now that, that are like Ken talked earlier about the resistance. Like when he first, you know, when I first talked to him back in 2000, January, 2012, right? There is resistance. And some of you right now I know are experiencing, I sense are experiencing a little bit of that resistance. Like, oh, this stuff, like, I don't really get what he's talking about. But if you're here right now listening, it's because you're meant to listen and it's because you're meant to mine the gift of what Ken is talking about for yourself, that it is far more than words on the page, that it is about this sense of resonance and, and you know, embodied resonance, like the presence that you are as you write and the impact that that has and what comes out and how it comes out and how it goes straight to the heart and soul of your reader. So I, some of you, you know who you are. <laughs> Go back and listen again. But before we come into sort of closing comments and you know final words before we say goodbye, I do want to make sure that all of you know to go to today's show notes because Ken has put together a free resource for you. Of course, there's a link to his website as well. But the free resource is, is called Soul Embodiment for Spiritual Messengers and Authors. So if this whole concept of becoming more embodied in your own soul and you realize the value of that and the role that it will play in the emerging of this message in your book and this work that you will do around your book, please hit the show notes, you know, go over there and take a listen to this resource that Ken has for you because I have worked with Ken. He's been my client. I've been his client. And I assure you that the transmission that happens when you work with Ken, even if it is in recording, is profound. Like there were things that I experienced in working with him that I had never experienced. I worked with a lot of you know different sorts of healers and people before. So I don't want you to miss out on that. So do do please go check out the show notes. So Ken, as we come into sort of wrapping up this very rich, juicy, awesome episode, what final words of wisdom do you want to leave with our, our listening audience? Like what's the most important thing you want them to walk away with from today? Well, the thing that's just bringing up actually a lot of emotion for me as we sit together with this beautiful audience is just this, this simple idea. If we take this even a little bit further about the embodied resonance, what's being enlivened with your reader is the divine within them. And so when we as messengers, as authors, when we tap in and open up to that deeper part of what is within us waiting to express more fully, we're opening up to something that's much bigger than what we can comprehend or understand, yet it fully expresses through us and profoundly through our writing, through our books. And the beauty of this is we don't have to hold an intention around it. We don't have to manage that process. God has that covered. And the transmission that is underneath and in your words, that enlivens that presence within those who are meant to receive your message and read your book. And it's such a simple thing, but it means the impact is so profound. And it also gives us the opportunity to be sort of simple about it. We can just focus inward. 
on that sense of presence within each of us for ourselves and then be in that embodied resonance as we're writing and God takes care of the rest of it. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what's really present for me as, as we come to a close that and lots of gratitude for the opportunity to sit with you in this audience, Christine, and also for your work and everything that you're doing to encourage and support authors. It's really extraordinary. Thank you. You are so welcome. And it feels extraordinary. I swear every day, like if there were ever a contest for the best clients and the most, you know, excited person to do the work they do on the planet, I'm like, I would win that contest. I have the best clients in the world. Like I love what I do. And it's just, it's phenomenal. And to see someone like you and to have known you as, you know, well as I've known you, like far beyond, you know, client relationship, really like soul sibling. It, it's just such a joy and an honor to see you flourishing, you know, and to see this book and this message coming to life. And I know I can't wait to read it. And when it does come out, I'll make sure we let our listening audience know that it is. Maybe we'll have, well, maybe we'll have you back on again when the book is actually launched and uh, out there in the world, we can have another chat. So I'd love to do that, Christine. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.